Welcome to the So Much More Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Amy. We've been married for almost 24 years. We have four kids. We live in the Dominican Republic. We're missionaries. We're both educators, have pastored together. And love mentoring others. Oh, and we love sharing our story. Join us for this real talk about how to get more out of this thing called life. Well, welcome to episode 11 of the So Much More podcast, Missionaries of the Caribbean. We are winding down the series. We've been so excited to share stories with you all of our friends here in the Dominican Republic. And if you've listened to the previous episodes, you've noticed this common theme of obedience, how everybody's story is so unique. Everybody has their own journey, but there is this thread woven through of a step of obedience or multiple steps of obedience to get from where they were to where God has them now. And it'll be more steps along the way as we continue to try to follow what it is God is calling us to do. As we talk to our friend Jackie and our friend Ryan, specifically about being parents of children who have had to endure the journey as well. Some of the kids are here with us. Some of our kids are grown and back in the United States on their own. But nonetheless, our children have had to see, experience, and watch, and listen, and learn this process with us. This idea of obedience not just impacts us, but is it impacted them as well. And we want to encourage you as parents to think about that as you're praying through whatever it is God would have for you next. Uh, think of it as an opportunity to set an example for your kids on how to be obedient to what God may be calling you to do. Take advantage of the opportunities as we've tried to along the way. And so we thought it would be fun to finish out the series and talk to some of the kids, some of the missionary kids. We're going to start with our children, Jacob and Emma Grace, who are in the United States, and then Scotty and Zoe, who are here with us. And then we're going to add a few more into the conversation as well, just to get some of the perspective of what kids think and what kids see as they watch their parents take these steps of obedience. All right, so joining us now from Missouri City, Texas, is our son Jacob, our oldest, and then... Our second child, Emma Grace, is with us from Houston. She's been living with my parents during this coronavirus thing since her college semester got canceled. And so, anyway, they're both joining us virtually. How y'all doing? Good. Hola. <laughs> Hi, Emma. I'm good. You're good. All right. Hi. Well, thanks for doing this. Good. Mom's going to start with some questions. Hey, I want you guys to share... Um, what we taught you about obedience, specifically when you were younger? Um, I would say obedience, the generic answer is, you know, doing what you're told. But when you're younger, it's mostly do what you're told because I say so. And then as you get older, it's do what I say because I know what I'm talking about and I know what the right thing to do is. So I would say specifically when I was younger, it was wash your hands before you because that's just what you're supposed to do. And then when you're older, it's wash your hands before you eat because you got germs. And if those get in your system, you're going to get and die. Yeah. And, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Like, when you're young, you have to obey your parents, obey your teachers, all that. But you, ne you don't even know why you're obeying them. You just know that you have to or else you get in trouble probably. Um, also obey God as well. 
um, or obey like what he said in the Bible. But also later, kind of learn that you should obey your government, your teachers, and your parents. But the older you get, you can um, once you form your own beliefs, instead of just like blindly following the uh, based off of obedience, you can learn to think for yourself, and then you can compare like. If someone wants you to obey them, you can compare that to your own personal beliefs. And if it doesn't coincide with it, you know, you learn as you grow older that it's okay to be disobedient in some some cases. Did you guys feel as if, or when you remember back to being a kid, do you remember knowing that there were consequences when you did not obey? And... How did that impact your decision to obey? Well, yeah, I mean, you learn that. That's that's kind of what school is for anyways. That's what you learn at school if you don't learn that at home. Because, you know, you get put on the yellow color or you sit out at recess. So you know the consequences. And, you know, that's that's part of, you know, going to school and learning all that. But so, yeah, you. I mean, you did know consequences. And it, it was never fun to be punished for it. So you always, you know, try to make the decision that you thought was obedient. Yeah, I would say being, when I was younger, like elementary age, I didn't want to ever get in trouble or to have anyone be mad at me. And so I would just do whatever I was told, blind obedience to whatever authority was. And then as I got older, I realized sometimes some rules are, dumb like not wearing colored socks and I was like okay that's dumb I'm gonna wear my turquoise socks today anyway and then I would just do it and suffer the consequences which there weren't any really but you just kind of learn as you get older that sometimes there are rules put in place that you're like oh that doesn't really make sense and then you can choose like am I still gonna follow it or am I gonna disobey this rule but as a kid disobeying anyone was the worst thing you could do and it was so scary to make someone angry because you didn't follow a, a little rule emma you're such a rebel with your turquoise socks man trouble i know i know jake it was the no belt with his pants huh jake oh yeah <laughs> jacob wore a bright red jacket day a whole day to and work. no one said anything to him to, to school. I only remember you wearing a bright red jacket like one day and no one said anything to you at all. But if I did that, man. I think it's important for um, people to have perspective just about your individual experiences and our experiences as a family with international missions. So, Jake, can you just tell us like what your personal experience has been with international mission trips? Uh, well... I went to Latvia, and I don't remember much about Latvia except for um, I just ate McDonald's every day, and it was pretty. It was pretty cool, like traveling to Europe. Uh, but I don't really remember too much about that trip. But the one that I remember the most was in, um, when we went to, I think Mexico was the next one, and so just you know serving the community, whether it's like at home, because sometimes we did some you know houston food banks or whatever but serving always kind of brings you a happiness knowing that you're helping somebody whether it's you know here 
or in a different country or, you know, even like family or anything like that. So being able to uh, serve with, and most of the times it's with our friends, our personal church friends or real, like other friends. And so you're serving in another country, which is cool in itself, and you're serving with friends. So, I mean, every mission trip, you know, is a little bit different, but the, uh, the foundation of it, which is service, is pretty much the same, and that's what it should be. And so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's always a really good experience. Yeah, and I remember that first trip you and I took to Latvia. Jacob had gotten sick somewhere in transit. I think we ended up laying over in London, and he was just sick as a dog. And for the next three or four days, uh, he missed most of that first part of the mission trip because he was sick. And then finally, our friend, one of the pastors, was like, that, that boy needs to eat. And he went by, the, the actually, the, the local pastor there went by and got McDonald's for you. And, and you finally perked up and were able to participate in the baseball camp we were doing. So that was so, a ton of fun. Like McDonald's is like medication for it him? It was medication for him. He, he perked right up. It was much better than yep. the Russian borscht that the rest of us ate but it was great to see you serving even at that young age and and contributing to something so it was great what about you emma first i think this podcast should be sponsored by mcdonald's by the last <laughs> it already we're putting that in the show I notes a link to mcdonald's that's like yeah i think you should have one of those podcast ads that's like do you ever get hungry i think just in general whether it's like international or just in your little hometown is very, very important to be able to show like the children how, how lucky they are, how fortunate they are and that they have a responsibility to help other people on the planet. And I think it's a good way to kind of, if you don't know how to drill like empathy and understanding into your child at a young age, is to have them go and see and experience what other cultures are like or where where are places in the world where people aren't as lucky as they are. And so I would say for me, that's the biggest thing that mission trips have done is put, it made me more empathetic to other people's situations and wanting to help in any way that I can. Okay, so you both have been on several international mission trips. Some of them we weren't together as a family. Some of them you, we were. Um, the last several years, we went in the summertime to the Dominican Republic as a family. And so those have been your most recent international mission trips. And so here's what I'm wondering. When Dad and I came home from the teacher training trip that we, we did, and we came home, and it was in November, and we told you we think um, that Dad and I need to move to the Dominican Republic, that Dad needs to take the job here. What was your reaction? What did you think about it? Um, well, I kind of saw it coming anyways. I was in college already, so once I kind of figured out y'all were excited for it, and also, like, it obviously affected me because, you know, you guys are in a different country. But since I was already at college, it was sort of, it wasn't too hard necessarily. And knowing how excited y'all were and seeing that you were called to go there and seeing that I've already been there as well. And I knew the people and I knew the place. 
Like, I was perfectly fine with it. I thought it was a great idea. And especially since I think Emma was, by the time y'all moved, Emma was in college already. And then also, in my opinion, if you were going to, if there was any time to move, it should have been then. Because I don't know what, you know, after the five years or whatever, what y'all's plan is. But at the very least, at least you're not, like, me and Emma were basically moving on already to the next part of our life. And, but then, like, Scotty and Zoe, you know, Zoe especially wasn't in high school yet. So if there was a time to time to move, it would be now. And it would give her, you know, a, a unique life story, you know, and some cool experiences. Yeah, I was not surprised at all. I totally knew it was coming. I was telling Grandma today, I knew that first summer we were there, I was like, they're going to move here. I, I don't know if Mom remembers, but she was asking me before the trip, she was like, you know what your dad is like there? and what he likes, and what you think it would be like to live there. And then we got home, and I was like, oh, man, Mom, he really loves it there. And then the next summer she went, so I just knew, like, it was going to happen at some point. So I was not surprised at all. Yeah, I remember that first trip and coming back and telling her all about it. And then, you know, the the wheels are kind of turning in our heads, and but you had... I think at that point, maybe had we said even then, hey, we're moving, you probably would have been okay at that point. But a, a little bit of time went by, another year went by, we came on a trip all together, then we really started getting interested. And then you were, you know, finishing up high school. And so we were intentional to wait until, as Jake said, wait until that season for both of you, you guys had ended. And again, it's a great window of opportunity for for Zoe at her age to experience it. And we had already come to realize that Scotty was going to be with us anyway for her life. And so it wouldn't matter as much for her whenever it was going to work. So, yeah, it. I'm glad you weren't totally caught off guard. I remember, Emma, we were sitting with, we hadn't even told our family yet, but we were at a Thanksgiving um, family gathering um, and we had some, an aunt from out of town and some, some cousins were there and, and, and one of them said, Hey, are y'all still thinking about maybe moving to the Dominican Republic? And we had already decided we were, but we hadn't told anybody. And I look at, I'm trying to not lie. And so I'm telling them what's going on. I hadn't told my parents yet. Emma's sitting on the floor with her phone texting Amy saying, Oh my gosh, he's telling everybody what's going on. And grandma and grandpa don't even know. Uh, and so then I had to kind of back up and fix that, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't much of a surprise, I guess, uh, for you guys, because we had been here so much and experienced it together. So, I have to say, though, I think what kind of like put the finishing touch on like this is what we're going to do, we're seeing how well Scotty did there. And I think that was that's the, probably the biggest God thing about all of this was that she was she's a totally different person in the DR than here, I feel like. Like there was such a, like, it was so easy and painless that it was almost like, okay, that this is supposed to happen. Yeah, you're right. How has the decision that we made to be here in the Dominican Republic, how has that decision of obedience for us, how has that impacted you? What, what have you learned from that? How has it affected your own view now as young adults of obedience in general, and obedience to, to God? I think for me, 
again, it just everything kind of aligned perfectly. It forced you guys leaving forced me to become a person because my identity was so wrapped up in being a good sister or a good daughter or whatever. And now I was at a place where I didn't, I mean, still should be a good sister, good daughter, but it didn't have to be my identity because now you're not here. And so it pushed me to kind of grow as a person as much as I don't like it. It forced me to and kind of discover like what, what am I interested in and what do I like to do and who do I want to be? And so I think the biggest thing to come out of this decision for me was that. Um, but obedience wise and what it taught me and what I see through your decision to move is that, um, just that if there is something that God has given you or put in your heart, there's a reason for it. And as much as you can try to like make an ex, like, oh, well, I shouldn't do it because blank or not now because blank that you can keep trying to make excuses, but that thing is always going to stay there. And eventually you just have to submit to it and say, okay, like what, what does he want me to do? And that's kind of what um, happened to me in college of like, I know what I would love to be doing, but there is always going to be something on my heart for being a servant and having a servant heart. And there was kind of a moment of, well, like I need to stop you stop pushing against this because clearly this is something that is going to go away. So what, what does he want me to do with it? So I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, hard stuff, but it's been, it's been good to see you grow. Um, like in the midst of our act of obedience, you've grown into a young adult and that's pretty awesome. How God just like intertwines all the different paths together. What about you, Jake? Um, how do you think our act of obedience has just personally impacted you? Um, well, from the just like the day to day thing, I was already in college, so it wasn't as big of like Emma hadn't gone to college yet, so she hadn't gotten that you know that college independence where you're living away from home. So luckily, I already had that, so the day to day stuff wasn't too big of a difference in like, you know, having to see your parents every day and taking care of yourself. But I mean, obviously it impacted me in that since y'all left, I already had a little bit of independence from college, but now especially when there's like more responsibilities for myself, you know, taking care of the house or even, you know, doing all the doctor visits. Like even in college, mom would just schedule all of the dentist appointments for the whole family, like in the same week. But, you know, now, you know, she can't do that because she's not going to be, you know, be there. So just even more independent, I guess, um, which is good. It's going to happen anyways. Um, and then the, the obedience part of it, I mean, pretty much what Emma said, just following what is on your heart. And, you know, if, if God has a plan for you, you're going to eventually, you will fulfill that plan. You know, it just depends on when, whether his timing is different or if you push against it. I mean, he's planned for that, so you'll eventually meet God's plan. I mean, and y'all figured it out. Obviously, this is the new y'all's next step, and y'all figured it out, and y'all just went after it with no fear, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Okay, one last question. 
So for any mamas and daddies um, who are raising young kids or teenagers right now, what would you tell them about the importance of international missions just to try to encourage them to, to get their kids involved or to teach them about it? What would you tell them? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I mean, they're, they're good for, obviously, some trips will be better suited for older kids, such as, you know, harder labor. Or, but I think if you can get them at least on one trip, while they're, you know, in middle school or high school, just at least to see the world and leave the bubble of where they've grown up. But also, obviously, like, outside of just learning more about the world and seeing other people's perspectives on life, obviously the serving part, in my opinion, obviously that's important, but for kids especially, um, and it does, you don't even have to be religious or a Christian or anything. I think that everybody should at some point, you know, at least serve or leave, you know, where they've grown up. And so it gives you a different perspective so you can empathize and just, you know, just learn more about the crazy diverse world around you. Um, so, yeah, I think every parent should at least take their kid on one trip. And it doesn't even have to be international. The... You know, America's got plenty of completely different sections of it. And so even if it's a trip to, like, you know, you're walking the streets of Boston or something super random like that, or even cleaning up playgrounds in, like, a, a poor city or whatever, it's just, you know, I think it's just helpful if the kids have been on at least one. And it's also important if you're nervous about it. If you go with them, I mean... If, if you have the ability to go with your kids and experience it with them and see it from, um, like, from your point of view, you can watch your kids serve. I think that's pretty cool, too. So, yeah. Great. Great advice. What about you, Emma Grace? What's your advice to mamas and daddies? Um, well, I would say there's, there's a degree of ignorance, I think, in us as, like, American Christians that our job on an international mission trip is to convert people or teach them about God and the gospel. But the truth is on a lot of the trips I've been on, the people I've encountered are people who have stronger faiths than I do. And so really what our job is, is to yes, share stories and scriptures and to talk to children and adults in the places we're visiting about those things, but also for sin to what they have to offer too and to grow from that and to just kind of be their their buddy through it all and to be like I'm not more superior than you we're we're equals we're the same we struggle with the same things we're both human so the reason I'm here is because I want to meet new people and hear what they have to say and so I think that's only something you can learn once you leave your bubble of American Christian life. I think that that's probably the biggest thing that you can learn from a mission trip is not only that you're incredibly fortunate to live in America and where you have religious freedoms or whatever, but that, that there are people in other parts of the world that might have a stronger faith than you and a stronger foundation even though they might have less material possessions 
that's kind of something that people should want for their children and themselves is an opportunity to learn that lesson. And I'll also add something. I think also there's there's probably some organizations out there that they're um, they just want to convert people. And while that's a good idea, like in itself, like obviously you want to spread the word. Your job isn't to like your job is to show up, help them, and then show them God's love. But you can't actually change their lives. That's God. So I think some people as well, sometimes they go at it with, you know, I need to convert them. I, you know, and they don't actually care about their lives. They just want to either feel good about themselves or, you know, feel super religious or super good or whatever. But that's not at all what it should be. And I actually think Makarios does a really good job at, uh, they just help. And obviously they also have, they have church and they, they teach it at school. But especially when it comes to family empowerment, that's more of if people want to come help them or if, if they come to Makarios for help, Makarios does a good job of just being there in the community. And if they want extra help, they can get it and teach more. But I don't think they're very, they don't push it in your face, which that would turn more people off. Yeah, I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago about stuff because there's a bunch of people online bashing mission trips, and we were both like, you can't say anything. You don't want to get into an online argument. There's strangers over this. It's not worth your time. But we were venting to each other, and I was you know, our job on a mission trip isn't to convert people. Um, our job is to plant the seeds and then to have other people come in and water them or for us to go back and water. The plant will only grow if God is the one making it grow. So I was just, I'm glad you said that because that's the, basically the metaphor I told my friend was, you know, that's not, our job isn't to convert. Our job is just to love and say, I will help you however I can and then leave this for God because it, it's only something he can do. That's also my opinion on a lot of churches in America too. Uh, obviously you want to get your kids involved in your religion um, you know, just because that's what you want to do, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and also, quick tangent, I remember this summer, this can go on the podcast or not, but this summer, um, we were sitting on the roof with a group, and all the kids and the people in the group were saying, like, I really thought God was going to do something in my life this week, or show me something, and he hasn't yet. And I remember talking to my mom and my friend Mariel, shout out, about it after, being like, you shouldn't come on a mission trip with the idea that God is going to show you something or is going to tell you something or point you in a direction. You should go with the intent of what if God shows something to someone else? What if through what I'm doing, he shows someone something? And so I think that's also a thing that um, people should teach their children is we're not going so you can feel better about yourself. That's just an added bonus. But um, we're not going so we can feel like good people or good Christians. We're going because it's the right thing to do and it's what we're called to do. And ultimately, you're going to learn more about other people and other cultures and maybe about yourself, but you shouldn't go with the intention of I'm coming here for personal growth only. Yeah, that's good. That's a good perspective. We talk about that a lot here with 
mission trip people that come and serve here and like what is the purpose and there is a debate in in christian circles and mission life about man it takes there's a lot of expenses involved it costs a lot of money to take a trip if you just took that money and just sent it to the country or sent it to the organization they could do so much more with it than they would hosting you for a week and feeding you and airplane tickets and all this stuff and and yeah, it's multifaceted. It's there's a purpose of having people come and serve because there's a need that needs to be met. And but at the same time, and, and you're right, and I think your heart and your intention has to be right. Like, man, I'm going on this trip because first of all, I feel like the Lord's telling me to go, and I want to offer myself to to serve in some way and whatever he wants to accomplish. And what we always find out is even if you're not expecting something to happen in you, it, it does by giving your life away, by showing up, like you said, Jake, and just serving and loving and and offering a week of your life to, to something beyond yourself. Yes, you do great things. Yes, you serve a community that might need the help. And you see a new perspective and it and the impact of that is on yourself is that it changes your entire view of the world of people of how God loves of how people come to know God in a real way. You're right. And it's not our our job to make that happen. It's our job to to be available, be willing and serve and then be part of what God's doing. But the impact is always great on not only people that you come to serve, but on people who get to go serve. And it has impacted you guys a lot. You you are, I would say, rare in probably in your circle of friends of of young people who've been on as many international trips as you've been on to serve. I know you've got friends that have traveled the world and done things, but but for you multiple times serving as kids into your teenage years, even into young adulthood, getting a chance to do that and being part of something and then seeing the impact that it's had on us and seeing the impact in your own lives is, is powerful. So any last comment or thing you would add before you go? I do have something, but you might, you could edit this out theoretically if it seems offensive to people, <laughs> but this is just my personal belief that if you do, if you are showing up to the country, with intentions to change their life by forcing religion on them, you're literally practicing colonialism, which I think most people would agree is a bad thing. So I just think some people will go in there and they want to, obviously in the DR especially, the, the views of how they live their life is actually more conservative than would be considered in America. But like, let's say you went to a country that was, you know, more free about you know, just things that we consider sinful. It's not your job to correct their their lifestyle. You just give them the tools, and if God changes their hearts, He changes their hearts. But you don't want to suppress their, you know, their culture. You just want to show the love and be there and help as much as you can, and and God will do the rest. Colonization was the belief that because people were physically dirty or lived poor that they were, in their heart of hearts, dirty and unpure. Well, also, I mean, I'm sure this is probably what Emma has seen on TikTok, or not just like TikTok, internet, anywhere. There's a lot of people who call all mission work colonialism, because that's what they believe. And they've probably had terrible experiences with either mission trips or their church, 
or you know they're they're just not a Christian and they just don't see why you can't just help your local community. Um, and they probably also see the people that show up for trips just to get pictures with kids. You know, that happens a lot, sadly. But um, they have a very negative view of missionaries, which I never kind of understood because I grew up in the church. I always assumed, you know, it was it's a mostly, you know, it's a good cause. And so I always assumed everyone was like, oh, that's very noble. But there's actually a lot of people that view all missionaries as, you know, bad. But also that's not true at all because they haven't seen, like, obviously some organizations could probably be more harmful, but especially going with Macario so much, I think Macarius does a good job of, they do basically what I think what a, a missionary organization should do, which is just be there, like I said earlier. To some degree, like going to a bunch of different places, Mexico, Costa Rica, Romania, the DR, showed me a lot of different cultures, and I got to see all these different places and how they how people live, and that part was really cool, but there was some special about even going back to the DR every year because it's seeing familiar faces and how people have changed in creating friendships. And I'm friends with people on Facebook and Instagram that I've met in the DR. And I was I was talking to our friend Miguel today. So some of that is really cool that you would get if you didn't go back over and over in the same place. But also there is something... Um, rewarding about going to a different place and getting to experience a different culture. So I don't think you could go wrong either way, but if you want more to experience like connection and friendship, going to the same place, going to the DR every year, that's kind of what it did more for me instead of just showing me like, oh, wow, Europe is really cool. Or like, I would love to go to Africa one day, but I don't know if it's in the cards to go to Africa every single year, but there's something really cool about getting to build connections with people. Cool guys. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate your insights and answers to the questions. We're proud of you guys. We know that you both have big dreams and are pursuing those and trusting God to lead you through those. And we're so excited you guys have got to be part of this journey with us. And in just a couple of weeks, y'all, everybody listening, say a prayer because we have tickets to get them here to visit this summer. Uh, we pray that this coronavirus thing is is at least gone enough that the airports will open back and they'll actually be able to catch their flights to come and visit. So say a prayer for that. We can't wait to see you guys. Thank you so much. We're very proud of you. You guys are awesome young man and young woman. Scott, we didn't screw up too bad. Well, we got two more to <laughs> screw up with. All right. <laughs> so much good stuff in there from Jake and Emma. We're so thankful and so proud of those guys. And I hope you've enjoyed their perspective on this journey as part of our family and, and watching what we've been through and, and us as parents getting to see just the impact on their own lives. Well, we don't want to leave Scotty and Zoe out. So we brought him in so that we could ask them a couple of questions about obedience. Okay. Um, Scotty, what does obedience mean? What does it mean to obey? It means that mommy took care of us. Okay, what else? 
What does a what does it mean to obey? <laughs> what does it mean to obey? It means that I'm behaving mom and dad. Behave. Okay, so behaving what mom and dad says. Okay, what happens, Scotty, if you are not obedient? What happens if you do not obey? Um, you apologize. That's really good. Okay, Zoe, what do you think obedience means? I think obedience means that you have to obey your parents like you have to um, respect them. And what happens if you don't obey? Um, you have to apologize and tell the truth. Hey, I just kind of am curious because you both live in the Dominican Republic with mom and dad because, well, we weren't going to leave you behind. And Jacob and Emma, for some reason, think they need to go to college. It's just crazy. But I want to know, first of all, what is the hardest thing about moving here? Or, or what is something maybe you miss a lot from the United States? Scotty, what, do you, what about you? Scotty, what's been the hardest thing about moving to the DR? Or what's the thing, Scotty, that you miss the most from Texas? Emma and Jacob. Yeah, we miss them. What about you, Zoe? Um... Emma Jacob and American Milk. American Milk. Do you not like the milk here in the DR? Yeah. I don't like the milk here. Yeah, it does taste a little different. Scotty doesn't seem to mind, but Zoe and I don't drink it. Okay, so what's your favorite thing about living in the DR? Scotty, what's your favorite thing? <laughs> Point with Sandy. Mm -hmm. Hey, Scotty, when we go to a restaurant, what's your favorite drink? Fresa. We do like fresa juice. And what do you like to do with dad? Go on a motor ride. You go on little motor rides in the neighborhood? Yeah, that's fun. Zoe, what about you? What's your favorite things about living here in the DR? Um, that the people are nicer here and there's beaches. In the beaches? What's, what are your favorite drinks? You do really enjoy the drinks here. What are your favorite drinks? Um, Chinola and strawberry um, fresa. The juice you really like. Yeah, the Chinola juice, which is like passion fruit, and the strawberry, the fresa. Zoe, you went to the Macario School for only a couple of months. You started in January, and then by the middle of March, we were like quarantined our house, and pretty much we've been here since then. But... In those couple of months in Macarios, what was the hardest thing and what was like just really a cool thing about your experience so far in a full Spanish-speaking school? Um, one of my good things was um, that I made a lot of friends and I learned new things in Spanish. Um, and I, I also helped my teacher out. Uh, and what's been hard is communicating and with the younger kids, communicating with them. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I remember you came home one time and you to you were telling me that you feel like with your teacher, um, Monty Ellis, that you felt like even though you guys don't speak the same language, that somehow you both understand each other. Is that true? Yeah. I remember you were sick, and she was, like, not around, and you kept saying, I just needed her because I knew I could explain to her what was wrong, and neither one of you speak the same language, but that somehow you've managed to create relationship and trust with 
your teacher and with your friends. Hey Zoe, why do we live in the Dominican Republic? We live in the Dominican Republic because my dad got a job here and he needed to come here um, for five years. Yeah. What was the hardest part? Um, um, that I had to leave my school and my new friends, and I had to leave Emma and Jacob. Yeah. You kind of like that big sister and big brother, huh? Yeah. Okay, Scotty and Zoe, thank you so much for sharing with us. Nada. Diana. Our original intention with this episode was to include Anthony and Amber Camacho, who are the adult kids of Jackie, our friend here, who was in episode seven. So because of time's sake, we are actually going to move that to part two. So consider this part one of kids of the missionaries of the Caribbean or whatever. And then we're going to continue next week. So if you enjoyed this today, join us next week, next episode, you're going to hear from Anthony and Amber Camacho. They have a great story themselves, a great testimony of watching their mom go through the process we went through of moving down here, becoming full-time missionaries, and just the way they love and support her. So we want to encourage you to tune in next time. And at the end of that episode, part two, we'll kind of wrap all of this up with our adult kids' perspectives and wrap up the entire series, Missionaries of the Caribbean. We hope you've enjoyed it so far. Tune in next week. We hope we'll see you then. Take care of yourself. God bless you.